when we look at podcasting, we see the big names, we see the big people and how they are doing it. And that that's the only way that we can do it in order to make it big, to make millions, to have my podcast be the podcast. But I don't think that that's true. I think that there are so many other avenues that we can take as podcast hosts that are available to us that we just need to take some time, step back and think about how we can collaborate with other people. Welcome to another episode of Listeners to Leads, where I'm helping podcasters launch and maintain a lead generating show. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the CEO and head podcast strategist behind Galati Media, a full service podcast management company. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create deeper connections with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about podcast networks and everything that you need to know as a podcast host. Now, a lot of this is going to be very general information, but also based on this idea that our listeners tend to be business owners who are looking to generate leads for their business with their podcast. So if you're an indie podcaster who does not have a podcast about business stuff or things that you can sell, then maybe this one will be really beneficial for you. But just know that we will be having tips, tricks, and strategies that are based around our ideal listener. So we're going to be talking about what is a podcast network, the pros and cons of joining a podcast network, what it actually takes to join a network, so what you might need to know as you're making that decision, and some things that you can do to get those same benefits without having to join a podcast network. So we're going to give some ideas for that at the end. What is a podcast network? A podcast network is a group of shows that are specifically under one name, one collection, one company. And so you might know this if you're someone who likes to listen to true crime podcasts. There are a lot of true crime podcasts that are underneath networks. There are, if you think about the NPR radio podcast, the How I Built This, the Up First, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, like all of those different podcasts are from NPR. You've got Earwolf, which you've probably heard of. There are a lot of different podcasts from Earwolf. Gimlet Media is another one. And then Wondery. Now, those are all podcast networks that tend to have less business focus. So I want to just make sure that we note that because if you look up podcast networks, you'll see this list, right, of all of these podcasts. But if you're a business owner and you're looking to join a network, it's likely that a lot of those are not going to be networks that are really going to work for you. So just keep that in mind as we're kind of going through this. So those are some examples of some podcast networks. So let's go through some of the things that are required in order for you to join a podcast network. Most podcast networks will actually require you to publish a weekly show and have at least a thousand downloads per week. You will also if you are accepted to join, you'll be required to cross-promote the other shows that are in that network. So say I have a podcast and then I want to join a network. I join that network and then now I have to promote this other show that maybe I might not be entirely aligned with. But because we're all under the same network, that means that I have to promote their show as well. So doing your due diligence, doing your research in this is going to be really, really important. 
if you have a smaller show and say you're only getting 5,000 downloads, and I say only, I understand. 5,000 downloads is still a lot for a lot of people. So if you're getting 5,000 downloads a month and you're thinking, oh, well, I don't have a huge audience. I have a dedicated audience, but it's not a huge audience or I've been creating these podcasts for years. And so I do get those kinds of numbers. It is okay to look for networks that might allow you to join if you have smaller shows, right? So you may not need to have 50,000 downloads per episode like some of the networks might require. Those are the more popular ones, obviously, (laughs) who are like, we want the big names and thousands of people. All right, so let's talk through how these podcast networks actually work. So if you join a podcast network, you get access to a lot of their marketing, you get access to a lot of their advertising, they will actually cross promote you into other shows, which I think is really cool. And they have an in-house team of supporting people, right? So people who can help you with your copy, people who can help with designing the show, people who can help with maybe some of that research that you might be doing for your show. Then these are general things, right? Because we're not talking about a specific podcast network here. We're just talking about the general ones. Most of them do a click per mill model, which means that depending on the number of downloads you get, that means that that is how much revenue your ads will bring in. And so they'll have the pre-roll, the mid-roll, and the post-roll. One example that I saw in my research was that if you get 4,000 downloads and you charge $7 for the pre-roll, $13 for the mid-roll, and $5 for the post-roll, $25 for ads times 4,000, because it's a click per mil, that means that it comes out to $100 for that episode. So 4,000 downloads, $100. Now, the podcast network will take 30% of that. So you have to consider, is selling that amount and that number of downloads and getting that amount of money back, is that worth getting access to the cross-promotion? Is it worth getting access to that support team? So those are some things that you really have to consider as you're looking at these different podcast networks and deciding if it's going to be right for you. Now, we are going to give like I said, tips, tricks, and strategies that if you are looking for creating more ads, we have podcast episodes on that. And I'll touch on those a little bit without you having to go back and listen to those episodes. But we do have those. We'll make sure we link those in the show notes. So what are some of those pros and cons of joining a podcast network? Some of the pros are you get that support, you get that partnership, you get someone teaming up alongside you to help you in your podcast adventures and your podcasting journey. You also get that added credibility and networking opportunities. So being able to be connected with a network does add a level of credibility to your show and to you as a podcast host. Also the access to the revenue. So if the media company is putting in money into your show and maybe you're getting a percentage of the ad spend back, but they are also helping you with being able to fund your show and keep it running. Obviously, those pros are fantastic, right? But let's look at some of the cons. For every podcast network, they tend to have contracts. And some of those contracts do mean that you will have to give up creative control. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that is a huge con. And I know that as a creator, and as someone who is putting my voice behind something, 
I only want to talk about the things that I am passionate about. I only want to talk about the things that are actually going to be exciting to me and are things that is like, this is what I want to talk about. This is what this show is. This is what I dreamed of when I created this show. And to not have that creative control, I think is a huge con when it comes to joining a podcast network. Another one is that they may have you move to new platforms, to new software, to new things. So if you're someone who really likes your podcast host or you really like the tools and the softwares that you're using or your current workflow, then it might not be for you to join a network where they will make you have to use the software and the workflow that they are using. The last con we need to mention is the one about them taking a fee of your advertising. Now, I think that this one is kind of a wash personally, because if they're bringing the advertisers in, then that means less effort for you to have to worry about that. And they should, I think, get a cut for that. But obviously, 30% is steep, especially for the number of downloads and the click per mil model. So keep that in mind. So my favorite part is what can we do if we're not ready, right? So we've listened to these pros, we've listened to these cons, and we're thinking, I don't know that I'm ready to do that. I don't know that I'm ready to give up creative license or to even really align myself with something that could have detrimental impacts to my podcast and to my business. So what are some other ways that we can utilize our podcast and the strategies behind podcast networks as independent podcasters and podcast hosts that are not aligned with any type of networks? Now, this is where it gets fun for me. because I have lots of tips, tricks, and strategies. All right, so the first is, let's talk podcast ads. I have episode 89, which is, are your podcast ads working for you? And I wanna talk through some ideas and some things from that episode, as well as some examples that we've seen with clients recently. When it comes to coming up with your own podcast ads, especially if you're someone who is looking to get sponsorships for your podcast and maybe you're not selling your own things. We have episodes on that too. We'll make sure we link that in the show notes. We have episode 26, which is how to monetize any podcast. And then episode 29, which is how to monetize your podcast by selling your own services and products. But maybe you're not ready for that. Maybe you're not ready to sell your own stuff and you want to partner up with someone who can pay you a decent amount of money to have a slot in your podcast that is very, very niched. Now, we've seen this with several of our clients, and I'm going to give some examples. So one is an agency podcast. They specifically talk to agency leaders and agency owners. So they are partnering up with agency software and came to a negotiation that was beneficial and is hands down 100% better than the click per mil model. So they're not getting thousands of downloads every week, but because they get a targeted audience showing up every week and they are maximizing on not just their podcast downloads, but also their email subscribers and also their social media followers and also any connections on their website, they're grouping all of those together to create a package that is beneficial for them and is also beneficial for the podcast sponsor. So they're able to come to a decision of saying, hey, look, you're getting all of this stuff. We're also going to, because of dynamic content and dynamic ad space and the ability to do that, 
we're going to put you in the past 86 episodes as well. That is incredible with the evergreenness of podcasts. So it doesn't matter if someone is listening to this week's episode or an episode from six months ago, which is still relevant and still great, valuable content. They're getting that ad space on all of it. So that is why I love this strategy when it comes to instead of joining a podcast network, how can you connect yourself with a software you use, a software your listeners use and say, hey, I have this mutually beneficial arrangement that would work really well for both of us. Now, with this, there might be some educating that might have to go into the conversation of you letting the software person know or whoever is your contact with that educating them on the power of podcasts, the direction that podcasts are going, that there are more weekly podcast listeners than there are Netflix subscribers. So going into all of that information is going to help you and also help them see the value of what it is that you have to offer because what you have to offer is a targeted audience who is there to listen. So what are some other ways that we can maximize these podcast network strategies but not do it with a podcast network. Another idea is that you can join up with a group of other podcasters that are independent and say, hey, look, I have this ad space or this dynamic ad space in my podcast. I would love we're aligned. Our listeners are your listeners. Your listeners are my listeners. They're going to listen to both of us, right? Like, It's not like if you're going to buy a new car and you are only going to buy a certain car from a certain place and then you're not going to buy a car for another three years or four years or however many years you go between buying cars. Podcast listeners are like show watchers. They're going to watch multiple shows at the same time, depending on their mood, depending on their availability to watch or listen to those shows. So just because they're listening to one podcast about productivity doesn't mean that they're not listening to all the others. They like to hear it from different people. So partner up with people who are in your industry, who you value their opinion, you value the content that they're creating. And you say, hey, look, your listeners are my listeners. My listeners are your listeners. Why don't we run three months of me promoting your podcast on my show, you promoting my podcast on your show and see how this works? There is your partnership. There is your cross promotion. It doesn't have to look any different than that, right? And you can even have each other on your shows and say, hey, look, I want to interview you on my show to talk about your show, to talk about what it is that you're doing. Instead of you doing a guest slot, why don't we just co-host? Why don't we talk about this thing that we're both mutually interested in together? right? There are so many different ways that you can do this. And I think that when we look at podcasting, we see the big names, we see the big people and how they are doing it. And that that's the only way that we can do it in order to make it big, to make millions, to have my podcast be the podcast. But I don't think that that's true. I think that there are so many other avenues that we can take as podcast hosts that are available to us that we just need to take some time, step back and think about how we can collaborate with other people. Now, maybe you're looking for some added revenue or some added support, but you're not really sure where to go with that. Honestly, and I know this might seem like, oh, well, Alicia, you just want to sell your stuff. Yes and no. (laughs) I'm saying this, you can work with any podcast strategist, okay? You don't have to work with me. But work with someone 
to come up with these ideas of ways that you can grow your show, ways that you can benefit from these strategies, right, that these podcast networks are using to grow your show, to reach your goals. That is all I have for today. If you have questions or you want to talk about how you can maximize your show using these podcast networking strategies, let's talk. I have a promotion going on right now with our basic podcast audit that you will get a follow-up call for free. This is so valuable. We have had such incredible success with people who have booked it. It's a one-off session. You're not subscribing to anything. And you'll get my eyeballs on your podcast, on your goals, and being able to support you and give you ideas and tips and tricks and then holding you accountable to those. One of the things we were able to see with one of our recent podcast audits was that this person had been podcasting for over 200 episodes, was really feeling overwhelmed, and was feeling like, I'm putting all this effort into a podcast that isn't generating leads for my business. Yes, it's growing a community, but these people aren't turning into leads. How do I do this in a way that is going to bring business back to me? So we talked through her stats. We talked through the strategies that she was currently using and what her options were, right? So gave her a few options. She decided to pick which one felt best for her, which was to dial back on her more broad podcast to then also have a podcast that is weekly, that is about the services that she offers. The incredible thing that happened with that new podcast is that she was able to get a paying client within her first 10 episodes. That is incredible. So those are the kinds of results that we're able to see with our podcast strategy sessions. She does not work with me ongoing, but I'm happily cheering her on from the sidelines because I know that she's putting in effort to make this podcast what it needs to be to grow her business. So if you're someone who is looking for that kind of support, you can go to galatimedia.com slash podcast strategy. We'll make sure we have a link for that in the show notes as well to get your basic podcast audit. And yeah, I want to be able to support you, right? I want to be able to help you and grow your show. And I hope that this podcast is a way for you to do that. But if you're looking for more custom support, then that is a great direction to go. With that, I hope you found this episode informative and came to a decision on whether you are going to look into joining a podcast network or not. And if you do or do not, let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram. I want to hear more about your podcasting journey. Until next time, happy podcasting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it. Want to send me a message? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me at alicia.galati. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode. And don't forget, turning those listeners into leads is actually easy.